0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Regulators! Mount up. It was a clear black night, a clear white moon, G was on the streets, trying to consume some starch for the E. Eat- so I could get some phones rolling in my ride, chilling all the Just hit the east side of the LBC. Game 7, Major League Baseball, and the Cleveland Indians. What an amazing day in Cleveland sports. What an amazing evening as we prepare for Game 7 of the World Series. And our Cleveland Indians facing off with the Chicago Cubs. A place that Cleveland Browns fans can only hope of being at some point in time. In position to win a championship welcome into this locked on browns podcast i appreciate you taking some time with me uh whether it is tonight wednesday night thursday morning the day after game seven we are still locked on browns we are part of the locked on podcast network the fastest growing podcast network in the nation so thanks for stopping by today um, if you're listening to this on Thursday, you are either home depressed, home hungover, home sad, home excited, at work, not being able to focus for either the sad or the happy reasons. And if it is uh, Wednesday night, uh, as I'm recording a little bit prior to the game, then most likely, even if you are not a diehard baseball fan or a diehard Indians fan, most likely you are focused on this game tonight. And so um, the reality is the sports world, much like it was last Tuesday when I was in Cleveland for the banner raising for the Cleveland Cavaliers in game one of the World Series, the focus of the sports world is right here, right in Cleveland, Ohio. And at some point in time, I promise you, Browns fans, at some point in time, The Cleveland Browns are going to put us in a position to be excited about our team. Maybe not a Super Bowl. Who knows when that happens? That doesn't happen all the time. There's not new teams in the Super Bowl uh, every year. There is some consistency there. But I promise you that our Browns will give us stuff to cheer about. I truly believe our Browns, with this regime, with this coaching staff, barring anything crazy, this is the group that will bring winning football to Cleveland. What does winning football look like? I think winning football looks like a playoff appearance in the next two to three seasons. I think the possibility of a division title is also very real in the next two to three seasons. To make sure I'm very, very clear, I'm not counting this year as a part of that two to three seasons. Uh, This year is is in the books at some level. The best we could do is eight and eight, and obviously I think many of us assume that's not going to happen. But in the next two to three years, I think it's fair to think playoffs division championship are realistic in three to four to five years i think an afc championship is realistic and then beyond that i think there's a lot of things that play a part luck of the draft right and so if andrew luck had come out the year prior uh, than he did that changes a lot of things that changes everything for the colts which could change everything for the denver broncos maybe peyton manning doesn't get cut maybe tim tebow stays in denver denver for another year or two There are things that just happen that just cannot be explained. And so predicting an NBA championship or an NFL championship, a Super Bowl championship just is really, really difficult. But I think our Cleveland Browns are going to make us proud in the next two, three, four, five seasons. I think you're going to be looking at the team playing meaningful games. The real question becomes is, do Cleveland fans become like Boston fans? Remember the remember Boston, uh, for some of you, you're kind of young, and, and maybe there's some revisionist history, but I can remember a time between Larry Bird and the big three in Boston where the Celtics were terrible. They were just bad. Even with Paul Pierce kind of leading the way, they just weren't good enough. Uh, there was no hope for a title, and then all of a sudden, they're the, they've got this big three. I can remember a time when the Red Sox and the Yankees just kind of were were jokes as these big market teams that just aren't doing anything with their money and and not really competitive kind of after uh, some of the Carlton Fisk kind of years. Um, then all of a sudden, Tito, Theo Epstein, um, you know, all of that comes with that. And there is the curse in Boston is, is lifted. And then the New England Patriots, I know in my childhood in the 80s, um, I remember them as just kind of a laughingstock team. And yet now, the Celtics won their title. Boston won their title. New England won their title. There's a lot of champions there, All right. Does that sound familiar, Cleveland? I think you can look at that in a lot of different ways in a lot of different cities where teams struggle. Now, the Browns are obviously historically bad. I mean, just historically, there's it's an amazing run of futility, of inability to make it to the playoffs, inability to put really anything together historic but so kind of were the indians for 30 some years right and, and the calves just a few seasons ago set the nba record for most consecutive losses and the four years between lebron james there wasn't a lot of hope and even in these cleveland indians when you look at who they really are these these aren't big name guys Corey Kluber, who's starting tonight and, and going to make the difference and has made the difference in this World Series, he was kind of a afterthought of some trades. Carlos Carrasco, yeah, he was a part of that Cliff Lee deal that no one was really that happy about and didn't really think he was going to be the guy. And here he is. And Carlos Santana and Jason Kipnis and, you know, of all of them, really the one that really stands out as kind of the stud is Francisco Lindor who's obviously played well. And so now when we start to look at who the Cleveland Browns are becoming and the possibility of a championship or even some competitive AFC North titles, AFC championship competition, and then obviously getting to to the Super Bowl, maybe that foundation has started. Maybe that foundation is a lot closer than we think. The Jamie Collins deal I talked about a little bit, but now when you look at the Browns' defense, the front seven where you really need to build a defense the skill that they have is downright amazing so we look at the, uh, the the line a three four line again the browns line up primarily in nickel packages which tend to be four down linemen a lot of creativity um, really you're just talking about whether the guy has his hand in the dirt or not um, when you're talking about the difference between the four three and the three four at times uh, really what's more important is uh, what gap integrity, what technique that that players are playing. But if we just take a kind of a simplified look at a 3-4 defensive line, Xavier Cooper had shown some some talent, some ability. Great. Danny Shelton has looked like a man revived and looked like someone worthy of a first round pick or maybe a high second round pick. But either way, a very talented player. Looks like he can be the center focus point of, of a defense with the way he's just throwing guys around. Carl Nassib and his, uh, his length and height and ability to knock down passes and get to the passer. Again, he's not JJ Watt, but good gracious is he making an impact. So that's the defensive line. A lot of good talent there. Then we look at the linebacking core. You've got Emmanuel Ogba who has, uh, really been wreaking havoc over the last two weeks, especially when the Browns have lined him up, uh, behind Carl Nassib. And so you have these two long athletic, uh, Edge players who are really getting after the quarterback, really making a huge difference. Christian Kirksey has really developed um, his ability in the run game. He's always been a very good uh, pass covering linebacker. Jamie Collins is is a freak of nature. He's someone that um, when you talk to Patriots players um, and even players around the NFL, they talk about as one of the top five athletes in the world with his his size. When you look at him, he looks like an outside linebacker. But he hasn't been asked to rush the passer because he's so good in a variety of roles, including uh, he does rush the passer sometimes, can go through uh, the A-gap blitz, going from the outside. Uh, But in coverage and in run stopping, he has an amazing ability to really uh, make a huge impact for the Browns. There's three of your real four uh, starters uh, for a 3-4 linebacking core you add to that the possibilities of nate orchard the possibilities of joe Schobert, who i think needs to be moved inside and all of a sudden you have a front seven. Oh, that's right there is another linebacker there's this rookie that we claim from the jacksonville jaguars tyrone holmes who also has shown some spurts of having some great pass rushing ability so all of a sudden man maybe in uh some Basically, first and second year players, along with Kirksey and Collins in the middle, you have a front seven that is ready to roll, along with a crap ton of draft picks to continue to build the defense. And so when we look at the foundation of the Indians, when we look at really the foundation of the Cleveland Cavaliers outside of LeBron James, uh, and maybe Jamie Collins is a version of that for the Browns defense, you see a solid young core. A solid young core that needs to be built upon. I know, Browns fans, you want to win. You want to win. You want to win now. And that's all that really matters to you. The reality is is that that's not how this is going to work in Cleveland. Um, It's going to work by building a solid core core foundation and supplementing it with draft picks. We saw Jacksonville try to do this in Oakland. Uh, Jacksonville, it hasn't worked. Blake Bortles hasn't played well um with the kind of talent they have on their team both on the offensive defensive side of the ball they really just need Blake Bortles to um throw it to the right guys and not look like he's all messed up in the head uh, when it comes to kind of playing the position and he just can't do that wonder if Cody Kessler can out in Oakland similar talent a lot of invested both draft picks as well as uh, signing some free agents especially this year and Derek Carr has made it work now Carr, obviously far more electric than Cody Kessler, but surrounded by a lot of talent with Michael Crabtree and Mari Cooper, um, a good running game, an invested-in offensive line, and a defense that really can, can, can wreak some havoc. Derek Carr has really made something of it. But really, you're talking about a team that is now kind of in year three or four of kind of their rebuild process. The Browns are in year one. So, what we want to see is development. 0 and 8 doesn't matter. We want to see development. Which leads to our next segment. Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison here to tell you Geico has more than just great savings, much more. Geico has been around for more than 75 years, back when they were using Morse code. Sorry, that's just my sense of humor. What's more, with GEICO, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents on the app, online, or over the phone, so you can talk to them at night or in the morning. So forevermore, just know that no other auto insurer has more more than GEICO. More power to you. GEICO. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. So we know that Hugh Jackson has uh, marked Cody Kessler and Josh McCown as the Browns' quote-unquote co-starting quarterbacks for this weekend against the Dallas Cowboys. And it's an interesting decision, um, but it doesn't seem like it is much of a decision at all uh, for what the Browns are looking to do. Josh McCown has shown what he can do. Josh McCown has shown his talent, his ability, his leadership, all kinds of things. And for his service, we thank him And if we need him again, I think it's very uh, safe to say that we can turn to McCown knowing what we will get out of him. On the other hand, Cody Kessler has shown, at a minimum, he's about as good as Josh McCown is. Or maybe even better. His accuracy is a little bit better. He gets the ball out of his hands a little bit quicker than McCown. Um, Neither one are kind of the Tom Brady speed guys. But he has development. And so as the Browns look to both win... And develop players as well as evaluate them, it makes no sense, health willing, to go away from Cody Kessler and go back to Josh McCown. If they give you similar abilities to win games, which I think is pretty fair to say at this point in time from what we've seen uh, from both Kessler and McCown and Hugh Jackson's system, they give you similar ability to win games, but Cody Kessler gives you an opportunity to both develop him as a quarterback. Again, he's been thrown into situations You want to continue to see him in situations where uh, defenses have gotten kind of tape on him and seeing if he can adjust, if he can see things, if he can grow and develop in those live bullets. Quarterback position is the only position I'm a big fan of sitting a player until they're really, really ready. Kessler didn't have that opportunity. RG3 went down, McCown went down, it was Kessler's time. So now that he's shown that he is not out of his league, now that he's shown that he can do it, there's no reason for Hugh Jackson to to go to Josh McCown if both are healthy. Reports are they both are. Reports are that they've been rotating snaps. I think there's some learning that can help Cody in that kind of process. But I don't think the Browns can go away from Cody Kessler. Unfortunately for many Browns fans, including those who have listened to my podcast and and read my stuff on the Orange and Brown report, a part of Scout Media, uh You know that me my biggest concern is that Cody Kessler will become Andy Dalton. Now Andy Dalton's not a bad quarterback, and he's much better than the crap we've had in Cleveland for years. But Andy Dalton, as you've heard me say over and over again, is good getting in the way of greats. Andy Dalton is the type of quarterback at some level similar to the Jay Cutlers of the world, that it's hard to replace him. With him, you're gonna be good enough to win some games, maybe even compete uh, for the playoffs. Great. But you won't be bad enough to be able to draft one of those top-level quarterbacks, especially after the mistakes teams seem to have made with Derek Carr and Teddy Bridgewater a couple drafts ago. I don't see those quarterbacks holding. It'll be interesting. Paxton Lynch fell later in the draft, and so uh, maybe that uh, high-level, long-term prospect will But with Cody Kessler, if he becomes Andy Dalton, great. We love making the playoffs. That'd be amazing. On the other hand, would that be good getting in the way of the great? Maybe. But the Browns need to be able to see it. That's what this evaluation time is. That's what this development time is. The Browns have to be able to see what do they have in Cody Kessler. They have to know. They know what they have in Josh McCown. They know that if they need it, McCown will be there for them. They know if they want to trade McCown later, Uh, in this offseason, they could do that and probably get something decent in return with a team who's really ready to compete, a la the Denver Broncos, who I expected um, wanted to take a run at him or should have taken a run at him uh, this offseason or as well during the training deadline. But we've got to see what, what Cody Kessler can do. We have to. There's no question in my mind that starting quarterback this weekend against the Dallas Cowboys and fellow rookie Dak Prescott Is Cody Kessler. And for those of you who missed my comparison on the Orange and Brown report, uh, you can check it out again. Go to The OBR. Again, that's The OBR, part of Scout Media. I made the argument and used some statistical backing to say, if Dak Prescott was drafted by the Browns and Cody Kessler was drafted by the Cowboys and everything else played out the way it did, I think we're having the same exact conversation about the Cowboys quarterback of the future, and the Browns quarterback of the future that we're having now just with different names. Yes. What I'm saying is if Cody Kessler was drafted by the Cowboys, we'd be talking about him holding off Tony Romo. If Dak Prescott was drafted by the Browns, I think we'd be talking about whether or not he's good enough, whether he's good getting in in the way of great. That's how good the Cowboys offensive line running backs, um, Jason Witten, uh, Des Bryant and Jason Garrett has been as an offensive court or offensive coach slash coordinator. Hugh Jackson has been good as well, which is why Cody Kessler is starting to put his name on the line. And I would say at this point in time, Cody Kessler is the front runner to be the starting quarterback for your Cleveland Browns next season, whether that makes you worried, happy, or confused is a different question. Thank you for stopping by this Locked on Browns podcast. Again, my name is Jared Mueller. I'm your host. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at Jared K Mueller. That's J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. And you can find all of my Browns writing on the OBRcom and all of my Cleveland writing on the C-L-E for me, Thanks for stopping by once again to this Locked On Browns podcast, a part of the Locked On Locked On Podcast Network. Tonight, Game Seven, we rally together. Go Tribe, go Browns, and have a great night.